Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, February 23rd. The time is 7 p.m. You're tuned into the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir. For our brief time together, from 7 to 8 p.m., or a little longer, as the Lord leads. And for this period of time, we come together to pray, to intercede, and to come before the throne of grace on behalf of our wayward and prodigal sons and daughters. This period of time, this podcast, is all about those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved sons and daughters or sons and daughters who are backslidden. Many of us may have sons and daughters who live at home, as I've said before in previous podcasts. Sons and daughters who live at home, maybe they're teenagers and they have either wandered away from the faith because of apathy or a lack of interest in the things of God. Or maybe they're involved in other activities, friends, peer pressure. Maybe the pleasures of life. <clears throat> maybe friends are luring them away from turning to the Lord, telling them there's plenty of time, they're young. They can return to church when they get older. But now in the time of youth, there's the time to have a good time. Some of us have sons and daughters who are adults, living their own lives away from home, involved in care and family. And those are not bad things. However, the Bible does say that the worries and pressures and cares of life can distract from the things of eternity. So whether they're teenagers or adults, whether they're living at home or away from home, we don't want our prodigal sons and daughters to enter a crisis eternity. I've often said it before in previous podcasts that I believe that we are not living in the last days, but we are living in the last moments. Last seconds. The next event on the biblical calendar is action. It is an actual event that is going to take place. Many people may dismiss the belief in the rapture, saying it's a fairy tale. Even a local news network, CNN, did an article about rapture anxiety, stating that the belief and the rapture and the tribulation was so upsetting to people that it caused them unnecessary anxiety. And many people dismiss the belief in the rapture. But it is an actual event. It is going to take place. The Word of God says that it is going to happen. It is the next event that's going to happen. And following the rapture, the snatching up of believers the dead in Christ will rise first. 
And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds with the Lord to meet the Lord in the air. Immediately following the rapture, there's going to be a period of time called the Great Tribulation, where God's judgment will be poured out on a rebellious and unrepentant world. The Word of God says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the end times. We don't want to, we don't want our loved ones, our unstained sons and daughters, to get left behind to face this terrible time. Whether it is an untimely death, the Word of God says it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this the judgment. Also, a passage in scripture regarding the rich young ruler who was living, as the scripture describes, sumptuously, enjoying life, enjoying wealth, enjoying friends, and not giving a second thought to his eternal soul. The word of God states, said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. The rich young ruler, note the two words, rich and young, having all the resources at his disposal, and being young, probably in good health. But the Lord knows the time of our death. And his soul was required of him, and he entered a Christless eternity, whether it's death or the rapture. We want our prodigal sons and daughters to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. We carry the burden of our prodigal sons and daughters, wanting them to get saved so that their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And this program is all about prayer and intercession and petition for our prodigal sons and daughters that they get delivered from whatever is holding them in bondage and that they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. We also pray for the parents of those of us who are prodigals. Many times the enemy will fill our hearts and minds with anxiety and worry. The enemy may whisper in our ears that our loved ones are not going to get saved. They are beyond salvation. Maybe somebody else can accept Christ, but not your prodigal son and daughter. They're too far gone. That is a lie from the enemy to get you to give up praying for them so that Satan can drag them into a Christless grave, a Christless eternity. We choose not to believe those deceptions of the enemy, but to continue to pray, fast, and intercede for their deliverance and salvation. And that is what this program is all about. It is a live live it is a live podcast and with a live podcast and okay uh, we had some technical difficulty, actually. There was some music that was playing. So I apologize for that. Again, this is a live podcast, a live program. And we 
invite you to participate in this podcast through comment, commentary, scripture sharing, as well as prayer. And so if you choose to join us in this podcast, we invite you to chime in. Maybe you have a petition you want to present before the throne of grace. Maybe you have a scripture you'd like to share. Or maybe a word of encouragement. Something you have to say may be encouraging to those who are listening. And so if you want to be a part of our program, call in. You can even text Chat text your prayer request in. We shall see it on our screen. And if you want to remain anonymous, if you want this to be an unspoken prayer request, we shall respect your confidentiality. We don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. But you can chat text your request in. Or again, we invite you to call in and share your insights. At this time, we want to welcome our listeners from a variety of states and some new localities as well. We want to welcome listeners from New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Minnesota, and we have new listeners in Alabama. We also have listeners in Mexico, and I understand we have some new listeners in Australia as well. And so we welcome all of you. Some people are listening live. There is a time difference in many of these locations, and some people are still listening live taking into account the time difference. Others will be listening as they download the podcast at a later date. And that's fine too, because the Holy Spirit is not bound by time and space. He can bless you through a downloaded podcast as well as listening live. Later on in our podcast, we do have prayer requests to bring before the throne of grace. Some are new ones. The majority of them are young people which we have been bringing before the Lord on a regular basis, and the Lord is moving. We have received praise reports on the movement of God in the lives of some of the young people that we have been praying for, so we will be getting into that soon. At this time, I want to start our podcast before our devotional with a word of prayer, so please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you for this time together, Lord. And Lord, I pray first and foremost that everything goes smoothly during this time together. Lord, the enemy may try to throw in a glitch through technical difficulties and may not want the listeners to be blessed, but Lord, you are the, the Lord of all, and nothing is beyond your remedying, or fixing. And so we commit this time. This is your time, Lord. We commit this podcast to you, Heavenly Father. And I pray that whoever's listening to this podcast, that a blessing will 
be upon them, that they'll be strengthened, encouraged, and edified by what's shared here. Those of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters, pour out a blessing on all of us, myself included, so that we receive strength in this time of sharing. And if there is a prodigal son or daughter who is listening, and with an earshot of this podcast, that what is said will touch their hearts, that the seed fall on good ground, and that they be convicted and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Lord God, move at this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this time, I want to get into the second part of this multi-part devotional that we have been going over. The title of tonight's devotion, as in last week, is God's Three-Step Remedy for Despair. God's three-step remedy for despair. And our scripture text was found in the book of Philippians, the letter of Paul to the Philippian believers, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And I'll give you a few moments to find that scripture text in your Bibles. We will be focusing particularly in verse 6. There's a lot of meat in this scripture verse regarding God's three-step remedy for despair. In last week's devotion, we discussed how Paul was imprisoned in Rome. He was under house arrest, awaiting trial. And he wrote a letter to the Philippian believers from Rome, encouraging them to rejoice in the Lord always. That was the first step regarding any despair that they were going through. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, to rejoice. Repeated twice in Greek, it means that it's emphasized to rejoice in the Lord. We discussed what rejoicing and joy is, an, in an inward sense of stability and peace, that God is in full control of any and all situations and has nothing to do with emotion or feeling. It has nothing to do with looking at your circumstances or hoping that they get better or waiting that they get better. It has to do with remaining steadfast in your firm conviction that God is in control and you're trusting in his faithfulness. Joy is inward. Happiness is emotional. But joy is an inward stable sense that everything's going to be okay and that we trust the Lord that he'll take care of the situation no matter how it appears on the outward. We discussed also how Paul encouraged the Philippian believers to let their moderation, their gentleness to be seen of all men. Their calm, selfless demeanor is a testimony and he were called to be obedient regarding this. Obedience always brings peace, and peace always dispels despair. We also saw in the first two verses, verses 4 and 5, how Paul stated that the Lord is near. Parousia is the Greek word. The text says the Lord is at hand, meaning God's presence is close by. We can be encouraged and rejoice. In difficulty because the Lord is present he will not leave our side 
But now we're going to touch on the final step, as found in verse 6. And then we're going to unpack and focus on the wonderful result in following these three steps faithfully. So let's read our scripture text together. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And we're reading from the New King James Version of the Scriptures. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here now is step three. It says to be anxious for nothing. Now in the preceding verse, verse five, Paul just reminded the believers about God's nearness, his parousia, meaning his faithful and continual presence in our lives in times of difficulty primarily. And then Paul follows up with the exhortation that believers should not be fearful or wavering in their trust there isn't any greater strength or source of spiritual stability than trusting and being confident that the Lord is near, not only when it comes to hearing our cry for help, but also to come to our aid and give us the strength that we need. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17, Paul stated that in times of difficulty, the Lord stood with him and gave him strength. In Psalm 73, verse 28, the psalmist proclaimed, But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. We see that the first two steps flow directly into step three. Because we are rejoicing in the Lord, having complete inward stability, and trust that God is in full control of everything, no matter how the situation may appear, unbelievers, specifically in our case, our prodigals, will see our patient and tranquil disposition and the way we're responding to our situation. And this is the result of us trusting in the Lord's parousia, his continued presence in our lives. And step two. Now this segues directly into step three because of God's nearness Believers should stop being fearful or fretful or worried. Now let's look at that verse, be anxious for nothing. The Greek word for anxious is the word merimate. Merimate. It means to distract, to divide, to pull in different directions. Now Greek is a picture language. I've said this in several of my studies. Greek, like Hebrew and other Languages of the East are picture languages, and many, if not most, of the words are associated with pictures that provide a deeper meaning, a richer meaning, regarding what they communicate. Merimita conveys the picture of a rope being pulled to its breaking point. Now, Paul wasn't saying that having a healthy concern regarding life's challenging issues was wrong. But that's not what's being described here. What is being communicated here, being so preoccupied with life's challenges and issues that they merimateas, they distract us from placing our trust in our Lord. They pull us in opposite directions, away from faith in Christ, 
from trusting in the Lord, from rejoicing in the Lord as described in verse 4, and from believing in his parousia, his presence with us. You know, when used by the Greeks, merimate came to describe a negative and worrisome expectation about the future. When our trials and challenges dominate our attention, they can do two things. One, they can sap us of our emotional, mental, and most of all, our spiritual strength. And two, they make God's word unfruitful in our lives, as described in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, where Jesus said that the worries of life can choke the word in our hearts. And when all this occurs, the result is like our picture of Marimate. We can reach a breaking point of not trusting in Christ any longer, maybe crumbling or grumbling or complaining, or we may be accusing God of not caring. This is exactly what the enemy, Satan, wants to see happen. He wants us to do the opposite of what our passage says. He wants us to be anxious about everything, especially in our case when it concerns the well-being, the deliverance, and the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters. In English, we can see that the verse says to be anxious for nothing. But you know, in Greek grammar, primarily in this verse, the Greek places the negative word nothing at the beginning of the sentence for emphasis. The negative coming before the command means that the Philippian believers were to stop doing something, implying that they were already worrying. Paul is saying basically, to phrase it according to the Greek grammar, nothing is to be worried about. So stop worrying. Stop. To not be anxious in Greek, specifically in this verse, is number one in the present imperative. It's a command. It's not an exhortation. It's not an option or a recommendation or a good idea. It's an order, just like in rejoicing in the Lord being an order. It's also like rejoicing in the Lord in the present tense. It's to be habitual. It's to be a practice in the life of the believer. Again, like rejoicing in the Lord. We're not to delay doing it. We're to do it right now. The enemy, of course, would like us to delay doing it. Now, the Greek construction of this verse, be anxious for nothing, indicates that Paul is giving a command by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that forbids the continuance of something that is already going on. In other words, the Philippian believers were already habitually worrying. They were going through intense persecution, and the stress of whatever they were going through was causing division. And Paul tells them to stop worrying. Now, what about you and I? Anxiety, despair, mental distress, agitation, worry. Are we experiencing this when we think of our prodigals? When the enemy makes us think about what they're doing, where they are, what their lifestyles are like, their behavior. Again, Satan wants us to do the opposite of the command in verse 4. Satan wants us to be anxious about everything. But what I'm going to say to you, brothers and sisters, is we need to take heart. You and I can rejoice in the Lord. He, 
not the enemy, is in control, and the Lord has all things in hand, we can be patient and at peace for all to see, because verse 5, the Lord is parousia, he's near to us. In fact, our command in step 3, be anxious for nothing, has the word nothing at the beginning of the sentence, like I mentioned before. The word nothing is the word medeis, medeis. It literally means not even one thing, no exceptions. Are our prodigals facing addictions? Are they hostile towards you and the gospel? Are they suffering from low self-esteem, depression, or other emotional issues? Are they incarcerated? Are they involved in the occult? Are they involved in alternative lifestyles? Are their whereabouts even known to you? By the complete dependence in the Holy Spirit and His power to help you, number one, we can rejoice in the Lord always, having that confident assurance, that inward peace and stability in God's faithfulness, that His is one of control regarding the situations that we're facing. The circumstances are not in control. The Lord is. That is step one. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, rejoice. Do it now. Do it without delay. Don't wait till the circumstances change. That's what the enemy is telling you to do. Number two, let that gentleness that you have within you, that patient rejoicing be seen as a testimony to all, especially our prodigals, trusting in God's presence, his parousia. And three, don't be anxious about anything. Don't delay as the order commands, do it now. The enemy, Satan, wants to get you to wait until the situation changes. At the time to rejoice and stop worrying is when things get better, not now. But I'll share with you that that is a lie, a deception, a trick, a falsehood, a bamboozle, call it what you will. It's meant to rob you of the joy, stability, peace, and contentment that are yours in Christ, as you trust in him, not in your circumstances. But step three, being anxious for nothing, has a second part to it. In fact, you may even call it a fourth step, a fourth strategy to not be in despair. After Paul gives us that command to not be anxious, he then tells us what we should be doing you know, the basis of worry for a believer is that we don't trust God to handle the circumstances. We look at the situation, not him. Well, we're going to stop here and continue next Thursday with the final portion of this devotional, the second part of step three. And again, you can, I guess, call it a fourth step. I think that's what I'll call it. Instead of being anxious, we need to pray. And finally, the wonderful blessing that comes with committing and trusting everything with the Lord's care. Now, you know, when I say these things and I share insights in this devotional, it has nothing to do with implying that I have arrived or I'm putting these principles into full practice all the time. I myself, many times, 
have agonized over my prodigal son and daughter who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. In fact, this devotional was born out of a burden for them and a desire to share insights with other parents of prodigal sons and daughters. And so this podcast began with the concern that I have for my own prodigal sons and daughters and wanting to share with you who are listening, who are either parents of unsaved sons and daughters or caretakers of them. Maybe you're a grandparent and you have somebody young, a grandson, a granddaughter that's in your care and they have wandered from the faith, backslidden, have no concern, no desire for the things of God. In my time of devotion and prayer, the Lord has given me a lot of these insights regarding steps that I myself need to take and have taken to deal with any anxiety that I have regarding my own prodigal son and daughter. This is a podcast where iron sharpens iron, mutual edification and encouragement. And what I share with you this evening are the insights that I believe God has given me that have strengthened me and encourage me, the direction that God has given me regarding how to deal with my situation with my unsaved son and daughter. Even at the end of the podcast, we lift up all unsaved and prodigal sons and daughters, my own two included. And so we pray for each other, lifting each other up before the throne of grace. And so, like Paul, writing from his imprisonment, he was well qualified to tell the Philippian believers to rejoice. He wasn't sitting in luxury. He wasn't sitting in comfort or ease. It would be easy to say rejoice if he was in that situation. No, Paul was in chains, in custody, and still he had the peace that passes all understanding. And he was uniquely qualified to share that insight. If the Lord's peace could prevail, in his situation, it'll prevail in yours. And that's why I share with you these insights. Because I am in the place where many of you are right now. The parent or caretaker of an unsaved son or daughter. And so we pray and lift each other up in prayer. And we have to trust in the Lord and continue to bring them up before the throne of grace. Even fasting for them as well. Earlier this week, I received a praise report from a very dear acquaintance who shared with me that someone from their church had a daughter who was in bondage to an alternative lifestyle. And the Lord delivered this young lady from the satanic bond, delivering her and saving her. And the praise report is that she is serving the Lord faithfully and engaged to be married to a wonderful, godly young man. All things are possible to those who believe. God is able. Our dear brother Jamie Schock shared regarding his daughter, who was in bondage as well, and God delivered her. We're hearing reports from other parents who are sharing regarding their prodigal sons and daughters 
who may be in bondage to addiction. And the Lord is moving in their lives. Some of the movement is instantaneous deliverance. And in other situations, God is moving in his time, at his pace. And that's okay too. The Lord knows what he is doing. We trust him fully with the person and with the process. And so I share that with you this evening. We've reached a halfway mark of our Parents of Prodigals podcast. And again, we want to encourage you to call in and share your insights about anything you may have heard tonight. Again, this is an ironing, sharpening iron podcast. Something you share may be an encouragement to someone who needs to hear what you have to say. And so we're going to break into a musical interlude when we return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. There'll be a time of prayer and intercession on behalf of the prayer requests that we have. And I'm also going to be sharing a letter that was written by the parent of a prodigal and how she and her husband prayed for their wayward son to come to the Lord. All that when we return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Please stay tuned.
All right. We're returning to the second half of Parents of Chronicles podcast. Your host, Alan Wheeler. For the second part of this time of improvement and edification, when irony, iron sharpens iron, rather. And we pray for our unsaved and wayward sons and daughters. We take everything in time during this podcast. We have been experiencing some technical difficulties uh, regarding how things are going. But again, uh, we're going to proceed forward with the podcast. And, you know, like I said before, there have been times when the enemy has interfered. We've had guest hosts who have been ministered, and the enemy has tried to throw glitches and all kinds of things to happen during the program. And we forge ahead through the power of the Holy Spirit in ministering. And we encourage those who are unsaved to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, if you're listening and if you are the parent guarding of a wayward son and daughter, we encourage you to keep praying and fasting for them. I'm going to be sharing the article that was written by the mom of an unsaved young man. You know, many people experience the pain of a child who has walked away from Christ. And this particular article was written by a woman. Uh, a mom during her husband's ministry. And she wrote this article about her experience with her wayward son, her wayward son, who turned away and how they approached the situation. And this is what the audience says. If you're reading have a product child in your life, I'm sorry for the heartbreak you are likely experiencing. Your child is blessed to have someone like you who is willing to significantly invest in their life with prayers on their behalf before compassion and merciful God, the God who hears and answers our prayers. Now, I have asked how I pray for my product. I'd like also to share some thoughts about my journey through these product years. As these trials are used by God to not only bring about change in the prodigal, but also in the lives of those of us who are parents of prodigal children. And God can use these trials to grow us in Christ's likeness and to bring glory to Him if we all learn to learn. Now, having a prodigal child has been the worst trial that my husband and I have experienced in our lives, she writes. It was a very painful and heart-wrenching time for us with a lot of emotional stress, anxiety, and loss of sleep. Early on, we tried to talk to our son, reason with him, and plead, but to no avail. His heart was bent on following his friends and the ways of the world. We chased after him and also protected him from some of the consequences of his bad decisions and choices. We eventually learned that we needed to let him have the total burden of the consequences and give him up to the Lord and let the Lord have his way and work in his life. 
At some point, we realized that we couldn't change our part of the heart. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring about permanent change in a person's heart, which results in change behavior. We also realized that the most important thing we could do was to support them with unconditional love and persist in praying and asking and persevere and not give up because of weariness or discouragement. We made an effort to keep communication open by trying to have regular conversations with him and encourage him whenever we could, but without harassing him or being legalistic with him. We also made an effort to connect and expressing love with our words, with touch and with hugs, and with patience, as well as speaking the truth to his life, without diluting or watering down the gospel and its purity. Certain expectations and guidelines were put into place that he had to live by if he would remain living at our home, such as having a job or being old in school or showing respect not using drugs or alcohol. And if those check, that he choose to find a different place to live. And there were times during the eight and a half year journey that it seemed impossible that our son would ever surrender his life to Christ. We learned that he had our eyes in a prodigal, it seemed, and that everything was impossible. When we had our eyes on God, everything changed to being possible because of God's power. We entrusted our son to Jesus, as in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for with God nothing will be impossible. And when I and my husband became burdened and overwhelmed with fear and anxiety for our unsaved son, we would pray and sometimes picture ourselves laying him at the foot of the cross, or on the altar of God. And even when we didn't see much visible evidence of change happening in our children, we're reminded of something that evangelist John Piper said in the conference, that God is only doing 10,000 things in your life, but you may only be aware of being. God is son, and he is working. Thank him for what he is doing. For the things that you can and cannot see in your product life. This woman goes on to mention that her son ultimately came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, was delivered and was holding bondage, and surrendered his life to the Lord. And there are other stories, such as Franklin Graham, son, who was a waiver and prodigal. And so when we think about that article, we are reminded that nothing is impossible to the Lord. That God has his own timing. This woman and her husband had a eight-year journey regarding their father's son. A lot of stress, a lot of praying and fasting, a lot of heartache. But at the same time, they made up their minds that they were going to not keep their eye on their father, nor keep their eye on their but keep your eyes on the Lord. Like an article, to rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice. And their focus was on the Savior, not on the situation. 
Their focus was on the Lord, not on the Lord that the enemy wanted to carry. And in his own time, in his own way, this young man was saving God. That may happen with us. Again, I've said previous to those, and I'll say it again. Fishermen that Jesus called, the word of God says they left their nets immediately and followed him. And Matthew, his tax collector, used to follow Christ, Jesus called him. But Paul had to be knocked off a horse and blinded. God knows what it would take to bring your product to their needs. It can be a scary thing to fully commit a product into the Lord's hands and say, Lord, do what it takes. Do whatever you need to do. Now, God is not the man, but you are in good hands. And so are your prodigals if you place everything in his care. You know, at this time, we have several prayer requests which we are going to be bringing before the Lord. And some of them are going to pray together to Bring them together, because some of these folks have similar issues. So join me. Please join me in bringing these requests before the throne of grace. We're going to lift up in prayer, Valentina. Valentina is a young lady. The Lord is working in her life. She was facing several issues, several addiction issues, and God is loving. She was one of the people at the beginning of the podcast, that God was working in her heart and mind. We praise God for Valentina's mom and dad who are faithful in praying for her. And they love her dearly, and the Lord is moving. So we are going to lift Valentina up of the throne of grace right now. Join me. Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up this young lady, Valentina. We thank you that you're moving in her life, Lord. We thank you for how certain areas of her life are coming together and that you're touching your heart, her mouth, Lord God. But you more need to be done, Heavenly Father. I don't know if he has accepted you as her Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus, but we pray that the Holy Spirit convict this young lady of her need to surrender her life to the Lord. Continue to move her life. Speak to her heart and her mind. You're doing it in your own way, in your own time. We trust you completely with Valentina. We trust her deliverance from whatever is holding her into. We trust you to save her soul, to fill her with her, and make her woman of God that you want her to be. You want any parent that all come to repentance. And so we commit Valentina to your hand. We commit her salvation to your hands. Continue the work and bless this young lady. Bless her parents and continue to give Valentine's parents strength, perseverance. Not to grow weary in your prayers, but to persevere. We pray for this family in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to lift up two young men. Both of them have the same name, Joshua. And both of these young men are facing the same issue, the bondage of addiction. Addiction is a very strong thing. The enemy loved nothing more 
that they keep young people dependent on chemicals and addiction. And so we're going to look at these two young men, both Joshua before the Lord. I believe that they were both in treatment and they are struggling. So we're going to pray for them both. Heavenly Father, we just lift up both these young men, both of them, Josh, and both of them facing the same issues. The body of addiction, the demon of addiction. And Lord, you would love nothing more to keep these two young in body prisoners to chemicals and drugs under the false belief that they need to get high peace and deal with life's challenges. But Lord, you want a place of peace. And both these young men can have that passes if they surrender their lives to you. So we lift up both to us, Heavenly Father, that you continue to help both young men as they deal with their addiction issues. Give them strength. Give them perseverance. Give them the will to stay clean. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and strengthen both these young men with the power of the right. I pray for both their souls that you speak to them. It could be through something no. It could be through someone in the same program who has turned to you, Lord. Maybe a gospel track. Whatever method you choose, Lord, bring both Joshua's to the point where they realize that convict them both of their sin. They need a Savior. They need you, Lord Jesus. Open up their eyes to this. Deliver them both from addiction and save both these young men. Bring them to the foot of the cross. Give neither of them any rest until they surrender their lives to you. We pray for the parents of both these young men, that you give the parents of these young men continued peace, that they don't stress out, that they don't grow weary, that they don't get discouraged. No matter how the situation looks, Lord God, there are times when young people relapse. They take three steps forward and two steps back. And then two steps forward, five steps back. But Lord God, we commit both these young men to your hands. That you continue the work you're beginning. We speak life over both these young men. Deliverance and salvation. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. And we rebuke the forces of darkness that want to hold them in bondage. Bless the parents of both these young men with strength. Give them strength sleep at night so that they don't stress out with their sons. All things are in your hand. In Jesus' name. Amen. We have a young lady by the name of Gabby. Gabby is the teenage daughter of parents by the name of Mary Ellen and Kevin. And several weeks ago, the mom, Mary Ellen, called into our podcast to share her notes for her daughter, Gabby regarding some emotional issues that Gabby was going through. Gabby has no interest in the things of God, even though her parents are believers. They've tried to share with her and tried to pray with her or speak about the 
things of God, and he has no interest. But we're going to lift Gabby up to the throne of grace at the Lord begin a work in Gabby's life. We believe he has already begun to work. But we need to persevere and pray. Ground that has been gained cannot be given up. And so we're going to lift Gabby up in prayer. Lord, I thank you right now for Gabby's parents, a godly man and woman who love their mother and are praying for her. And I pray that you continue to encourage Mary as they pray and persevere in petition and supplication and intercession for their daughter, Gabby. Give them peace and tranquility. Help them to look to the Savior and keep their eyes on the Savior and not on the situation. We pray for Gabby right now, this young lady. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to destroy this young lady, to kill her, to steal her soul. We repute the power of the enemy against this young lady that's trying to bring her to a Christ's eternity. We pray for Gabby's deliverance from depression, if that's what's happening, or low self-esteem, or any stress that she's feeling. Whatever she's going through mentally or emotionally, heal Gabby's mind. Heal her heart, heal her soul, heal her spirit. Let healing power flow into her emotions and her mind, then bring her to the place where she surrenders her life to you. Lord, deliver Gabby from the bondage of the enemy and bring her to the foot of the cross. Do what it takes to save Gabby as well. Give Gabby no peace in doing anything else. She may be involved in drugs or drinking or whatever she's involved with, Lord. Open up her eyes. Give her a distaste, unsatisfaction. Maybe hanging out with friends or parties, Lord. Give her a distaste of this. Let her see the emptiness of living a life apart from you. Deliver and save her. We lift Gabby up in prayer and we thank her. For her salvation in advance. The work is done. And she is out in the road. We praise you. And we give you honor and joy for Gabby's salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to lift up a young man by the name of Edgar. Actually, an adult named Edgar. Edgar is the adult son of a dear brother and sister, Rose and Frank, who are members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And Edgar. Some of our prayers for Edgar have been answered. Edgar was encouraged to come to church by his parents, and he did attend the service. It's my understanding, of course, we've prayed for this several times, that Edgar was engaged in several activities or is doing a lifestyle, especially in front of his young daughter. There may be several things that Edgar is doing, or a lifestyle he's living, or maybe he's having to come over to his house, whatever it is that Edgar is doing, there are concerns for his soul, salvation, and for his child. So we're going to lift Edgar up before the throne of grace right now, that the situation changes and we know it all. Heavenly Father, we lift up this gentleman, 
Edward, Lord God, the adult son of my dear sister Rose and brother Frank. And Lord, there are godly parents who love their son Edgar. It doesn't sound as they're adults. Whether they're five or fifty, they're still our children. And we worry about them. And so we lift up Edgar in prayer. Lord, whatever it is that Edgar is involved in, whatever life he's living, activity he's engaged in, that you give Edgar no rest, no peace, no tranquility, and give him a disgust and distaste for whatever it is he's doing, no matter what it is, Lord God. It's future compared to accepting you as Lord and Savior. Any life departure, Lord God, is empty. Open up Edgar's eyes and see this. Give him a distaste. If he's drinking, give him a distaste for alcohol. If he's doing drugs, turn his stomach. If he's living an illicit lifestyle, Lord, turn him off to it, Lord God. Move him away from whatever it is he's doing. If it's negative company, drive his people away. Do what needs to be done, Heavenly Father. The same Edgar's soul. It's drastic, it's radical. But this is what we're calling for, Heavenly Father. Knock Edgar off his horse, if necessary. Give Edgar a Damascus Road experience if you have to. But Lord, save Edgar's soul. We plead your blood, Heavenly Father, for his salvation. Deliver him, Lord God. We pray. We pray for this young child. Edgar's young daughter. And we pray that you put a hedge of protection around this child. A battalion of angels to protect them from whatever is going on in the home. Let your presence be felt in this family. Let the movement of the Holy Spirit be felt. We commit this family to your hands. And we thank you in advance. We're waiting for the praise report to come in. We know it will. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. We're going to look in prayer, not young with the name of Angelica. And Angelica is another young lady, similar to Gabby, who also may have issues, uh, perhaps self-esteem or depression, her behavior, if I remember correctly. Angelica is not surrendered, not surrendered her life to Christ. And her behavior was a cause of anxiety for her family. That can happen any time the only tries to rob us of peace and focus. Like I said during our devotion, the behavior of prodigal. We're going to lift Angelica in prayer and lift up her families in prayer as well. Lord, we lift up Angelica before you, Heavenly Father. Your word says, Lord God, that we're blessed if we don't pay attention to the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of those who ridicule the things of God. And I pray, Lord, that you steer and go away from listening to ungodly voices who are told or not to turn to. Steer her away from keeping company with people who are living a godly lives, Lord God. And Lord, if Angelica is holding the things of God in mockery, or ridiculing them, or not taking them seriously, plant the seed in Angelica's heart. That this is serious business. Lord, maybe it could be 
come through a peer, maybe somebody of her own age who is singing, or through a Christian song, or a Christian movie, whatever vehicle or mode you choose, Heavenly Father. Let us get to our fellow. It could even come from a family member. Whatever we choose, Lord God, we trust you with the process and with what you're going to do. We commit Angelica to your hands. Her salvation, her deliverance, who much holding her in bondage, Lord God. Deliver from the enemy's camp. We step into the enemy's camp right now in the name of Jesus. The same way Abraham rescued Lot. We rescue Angelica right now. And we pull her away from the influences of the enemy, rebuking her in the name of Jesus. We claim Angelica for you, Lord God. Pleading your blood deliver her what's holding her bondage, save this young lady. Give her family peace. They've been agitated. And in Angelica's anger is going to cause great strength. Lord God, help this family look at the Savior, not the situation. Help them to focus on you, Lord God. Help them to look away from the waves and the wind and keep their eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And that way we will sink, Lord God. We come in and your head. Believe for the answers to this prayer. You will save her. Convict her. You'll do it in your own time, in your own way. So we trust you with that child. We praise you. And it's already done. It's happening now. Even when we can't see it, your work, like the song says, Lord God, you never stop working. We trust you for this, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our brother, Jamie Tuck, shared with us a while back his daughter, China, and China's friend, Alexa, who were both involved in a certain lifestyle, both accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. God is using them finally in ministry. And so we want to lift China up and Alexa up in prayer. Thanking the Lord for their salvation and praying for their continued perseverance. There is no way the enemy is going to let this go. And so we pray for both of these young ladies that they continue firm in the faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for both China and Alexa. Your power was seen. Nothing is possible for you. We saw that. We thank you for China and Alexa's salvation. For their deliverance from the enemy camp, Lord God. We praise you that you saved them both and that you're filling them with the Holy Spirit. Now we pray for their continued perseverance, that they stand fast and stand firm, that their feet are firmly planted in the faith of God. The enemy will try to discourage them, try to draw them back. We commit both China and Alexa to you, Heavenly Father. And you help, help them both to stand firm in the faith. Give them all for your word. Let your word fall on good ground. Let their lives bear fruit. Let their lives be fruitful, Lord God. Living for you, loving you, serving you, committed to you, dedicated to you, devoted to you. Make both of them the women of God, the women of God that you can make become. You are already maker. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for both China and Alexa's salvation and that they're standing firm in the faith. You will keep
in your place. And that God will both strengthen with all might and power to continue to serve. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And of course, please join me as I lift up in prayer my own daughter and son. My daughter's name is Megan, and my son's name is Mike. Please touch him with me with me for both their salvation. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for my two children, Lord God. I thank you for blessing me with them. But Lord, there's a greater blessing that I pray for, and that's for my son and daughter to come to the foot of the cross and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray that you bring them to the point, however it may be, Lord God, that they both see that they need to surrender their life Lord, that they stop living for themselves and that they commit their lives and live for you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you know the things that they're doing, the people they're hanging out with, the things they're involved with. And Lord, I pray that you give them this taste, as in the other requests, for whatever it is that they're doing, Lord. They do come from a Christian home, Christian family. But Lord, that doesn't make any difference. Many young people who raise in Christian homes are walking from the faith. And so I pray, Lord God, for my own son and Lord, that you bring them back into the fold. Lord, it may be through a co-worker, it may be through a friend, it may be through a dream or a vision, but I pray for my two children, that you bring them to the foot of the cross, that you save them both, delivering them from the clutches of the enemy. The enemy is twisting their minds and their hearts. And I pray that you do the untwisting. Clear the mind. Open the mind so it sees the truth. Open the ears so that it listens to the truth. Open the heart to be receptive to the truth of the gospel. I commit both my son and daughter into your hands, their deliverance and salvation. I praise the Lord God that it's already done. The work is already begun. And the work is already done. Their salvation is at end. I praise you and I worship you, Heavenly Father. And again, I stood up before and I'll say it again. There may be times when I think you're not working. We all think that you're not working, but you are working in their lives, Heavenly Father. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Help us to trust you, to believe you, to have faith. Regardless of how the situation looks, it's in your hand. You'll be okay. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we need to rejoice the Lord always. And again, rejoice. We thank you, Lord God. You will answer all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. When we come to the end, we have gone over the 8 o'clock mark. That's okay. The Spirit needs. I want to thank you for joining me for this edition of Parents of Prodigals podcast. We will be back on the air Thursday, March 2nd, and we'll be concluding our devotion on God's three-step remedy for despair. God's three-step remedy for despair. But we'll be discussing that we need to bring everything before the Lord. 
in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving that the end result be the peace that passes all understanding. That peace will guard our hearts and minds when reviewing that portion of the scripture in our final of this devotion. I pray it's a blessing to you. It's blessed me and it's encouraged me. So until next Thursday, March 2nd, 7 p.m., I want to encourage all of you, our parents, and unsaved sons and daughters, watch him and fast for your bridal son and daughter. And most of all, watch the world. Your prodigal will be honored. God bless you and good night.